I gave the introduction of like if he wants to listen, he or she, or if they want to listen, then they can. Or yeah. if they want to join in, then you know. And then I did my bad habit thing, listen. and I just invited him to speak anyway. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah>. Interesting. <laughs> Hi, but Henry. Yeah, no. But we were, yeah, we were having a, a, I find it interesting discussion because um, we actually haven't really talked about our businesses since we started this podcast, really. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe this is our fourth one. We've started it pretty much all of January, so is this our fourth or fifth one? We kind of should do an anniversary, Amy. It's not fair. Um, also... Oh, I am Tierra in this time. I'm not speaking space. Yes, my name is Tierra. That's nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I was so wondering. I use yeah. Usually, I use my um, I use the speaking space account, but I'm actually using Tierra teacher account, which is great. <laughs> so I'm Tierra, and there's Amy. As you can tell, I'm extremely nervous because I have nothing to say after that. <laughs> no, like, okay, so Henry, I don't, you, please introduce yourself. Uh, to introduce myself? Sure thing, yes. Um, hi, you guys. Again, my name is Henry. I prefer pronouns they, them. Um, I'm from Orlando, Florida, here in the U.S., um, I speak English, Spanish, and Portuguese, and I hope to one day speak a lot more languages as well. Um, you know, when I find the time, I'm studying Italian. I'd like to lean into uh, Peruvian Quechua as well, um, Japanese, Korean. I mean, I think every polyglot has like an amazingly long list somewhere, like in their notes or something. And I definitely have mine, but you know, it's whatever I have time for, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's pretty much my whole thing, you know, language learning, linguistics, and uh, that, that's what I'm working on right now. Uh, I'm a graduate student uh, working on getting my uh, master's in Spanish linguistics. So, yeah. Ooh, are you me. planning on doing anything, like, tech-related for, like, computational linguistics, or...? No, and, you know... Honestly, when I've been looking at all of these other people on like on Twitter who are into linguistics, there are so many people who are into computational linguistics. So I feel a little bit like, um, I don't know, like, what's the word? Not underdog, like outcast, not outcast. I, I guess outcast, but you know what I mean? Like, because I, I prefer sociolinguistics. I think that's such a cool field, but I don't see a lot of people talking about it, like not enough people, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to focus on sociolinguistics if I could. Yeah. If it is a linguistics talk, I am so glad yeah. to have you here. Um, <laughs> I really like social linguistics, and I love uh, com- comparative linguistics, which is something that I worked on in college. So I studied Latin and ancient Greek in college, and I minored in linguistics, but I did a lot of uh, comparative linguistics work with dying languages not like officially did but there's really small communities of speakers and then like modern languages and how like culture is something that we lose whenever we lose a language and in time we're going to be using the big 25 or even up to like maybe at max 50 within the next 20 years a lot of languages are going to die and so i really like the sociolinguistic aspect of 
the comparative linguistics field that I studied. And it's so important because a lot of people think that we last week's talk actually was about how closely related languages and culture are. They're intertwined. It's hard for us to learn more about them. You need one for the other in a way. Certain words are connected to uh, specific cultural foods or specific cultural rituals even or habits. Oh my God, I burped. I'm sorry. But um, just in general, there's so much that people miss out on when they focus on like as much as I want to be interested in computational (laughs) linguistics which I mean I am interested in it but I kind of wish that it was cool to also be like hey comparative linguistics kind of important and also I wish I could get paid to continue studying this because um, there's a lot out there for us to learn before it goes away for good um for reference, like one of the languages that I study, I mean, I actually did a Wikipedia page on, was for uh, Frenchville French, and it was in Pennsylvania. And how cool is it that this French is the closest uh, relative to the French used in the 1800s because they immigrated into this one area in Pennsylvania, and it was surrounded by mountains and like uh, train tracks, and the train track area got um, it was abandoned. This is a cool story. I never told you, Amy, but yes. And so I had a class that was for documenting a dying language. And I chose French for French because there were only two, only two native speakers left. And while I was writing the paper, one of those native speakers died. And the other one was 80 something. And maybe this person died also. But there were 200 people who can speak it, but not at a native level because English took over because Pennsylvania. So back then, like the interesting part where like certain words like corn or things, popcorn or even more modern things that they had in society, they didn't use the English word. They tried to preserve the French and make their own words to the best of their abilities. But even the grammar and the pronunciation was from the 1800s. So interesting. And I would love to continue writing stories like that, but you know, they don't make the bigger bills or it involves a lot of you know, going on site in order to be able to document things before they die. But it's equally important, of course, Henry. I just, oh my gosh, I'm like nerding out here on view. I'm like, oh my God, like she did not write about, I love that, that's so cool. And I love learning about, um, or just hearing about other people who are doing language documentation. I'm in like little, linguistics groups on Facebook and I'll see the other people documenting um, you know endangered or dying languages and it's just so interesting to see people and in, in working with language restoration try to respect the culture like that and try to not just like anglicize the words that they incorporate in or use loan words into the language that they're restoring and just respect it and like okay you know I don't, I don't know. It, I, I just, I think that's such an important concept, and I, I love that you brought that up. But um, I also love that you brought up, you know, this is such an interesting field. Comparative, um, I, I, can you remind me of what it was that you said? You said comparative culture? Yeah, Com- comparative linguistics. Comparative linguistics, sure, okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting field. Sociolinguistics, so cool. Language learning, like, I love all of this. But I'm so glad that we were talking about um, making this type of thing a business and 
how how do we pay the bills and still learn about the really cool history of everything like as a graduate student i'm not really sure what i want to do with this because i have a lot of passion for these things that we're talking about but like it doesn't really pay the bill to just like pay the bills to just like sit in the library all day so i don't really know like what to do with this see i know (laughs) right like how do you how do you make money off off of language learning that's why i made glot squad like um sorry i interrupted you henry no no i'm just agreeing sorry go for it go for it so um yes tiara that's an amazing story and that's one of the reasons why i made glot squad and we have dialects because you need to know like like i want glot squad to be a place where like spoken only languages can also uh you know become their home like people like that are a part of like very small dialects they're always like oh well no one wants to speak this like you don't need to speak it but i'm like no like that makes it even more like interesting to polyglots like i want to learn it like this this is part of your cultural this is history like it shouldn't be lost to history so um for myself i was a linguistics minor and most of my linguistics is internalized at this point because uh it was in 2008 when i graduated so it's just me and like what i've really encountered in the world at this point that's really cool so all of us in a way have some experience with linguistics and not just from like learning a language aspect but a uh, one note extra for henry too i do believe that the field that i've studied was across of comparative linguistics and sociolinguistics because this kind of field um kind of works with again being on site in order to be able to document stuff so for me i kind of do third person uh writing on frenchville french i didn't go to the area but there were some documents already prepared for some of the sound differences or grammar differences and taking notes of why the language was preserved the way it was so I think it has to be a mix of the two. Um, but yeah, for the new listener, feel free to continue listening. But if you would like to join in on this conversation, you can request to speak. It's completely up to you. Just glad that you're listening. And I hope that you enjoy the topic so far. Um, I hope I said the right thing, Amy. But me and Amy do these talks once a week. And the topics could be pretty much anything. We kind of think about what are topics people in the language twitter or like language learning fields might be interested in and we just basically just want to talk to other people because we're bored is that the way that we want to talk about it amy (laughs) we are building an empire about and i want to prove that people are actually interested in learning like meta linguistics like this is basically what this is it's talking about how to learn and like the study of language learning uh Mm -hmm. just throwing this out here you might hear this again if we get more listeners but we're doing an english conversation um space tomorrow morning basically an english breakfast because i'm going to be eating breakfast while we do it but um yes i forgot that is nice i mean no morning in your time but it would be nice in my time so it'll be your listeners i am in south korea and it is already Tuesday morning here and so by the time tomorrow morning happens it'll be um it will be 
Tuesday night for me. I have to keep track because it's always, I'm always um, calling my family. And so I'm not sure what time it is or what time zones the listeners are in or speakers now that they're both speaking. Hello, that's amazing. But um, yeah, so it'll be nice for me. And around now is the holiday season because it's the Lunar New Year. Um, so I have three days of vacation and I love it so far. But hello, would you like to introduce yourself or you just want to jump in whenever, whatever you want to do, we're here. Or you have Mm-hmm. Did you want to, you can say your name or just in general anything about you that you think it would be good to know for us to continue talking. From Pakistan, I'm a front-end developer. So, basically, I didn't know a thing about the language, linguistic field. That's why I'm just listening. I, okay. Um, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go, go ahead. <laughs> and then I have a question for you after. Was that? Okay. I think that might have been it. I, you said um, you're a front-end developer. I had a student today in my English class who does UX, UI design. I might completely, like, I might sound like an idiot right now. I really don't know much about the field. Are they similar? Uh, does it have a lot to do with linguistics? Like, c- could you explain a little bit more about what it is that you do? So, basically, I, I don't work on a UI yet. Because UX is totally different, uh, as I know. Because frontend is all about the we have provided the UI and UX designs, and then we have to develop it. Like I, I develop and react. So just do my coding stuff and uh, designing stuff also. That's all about my field. You know what, that is a perfect question because I am extremely interested in UX UI design right now as far as like the coding realm and so I I didn't know about the difference between the two and I didn't, like you asked and I would have asked if you didn't, so thank you. (laughs) But it's amazing, so anyone can listen to our talk and I'm glad that you're here to listen on this topic. I hope as we continue talking, it'll be interesting to you, and it's just cool whenever I see people who are doing things similar to what I've done or similar to what I want to do, and so it's great, and maybe at some point a little later, me and Amy will talk about our platforms, so both of us are developing language learning platforms for different types of learners, or the same kind of learner, but at the same time, just extra resources or extra ways to solve some of the issues in the language learning field um and so we'll talk about that too but yeah just really cool to see that there's different aspects of linguistics for people who are interested in these fields and just being able to talk about them just randomly like it feels like i'm not in college i'm not in university but it's helpful to see that other people are interested in a field that wasn't as popular when I was at school. Yeah, go for it, Henry. Totally. Yeah, I I mean, even in my own university, like, I just graduated in December with my bachelor's degree in, uh, you know, Spanish with a focus on linguistics and also a certificate to teach English abroad. So 
we love it you know lots of language everywhere very excited but um even just as i was graduating they just added a minor for applied linguistics i'm like oh my goodness you had to wait until i was on my way out to add this minor that would have been so perfect for me like are you kidding um so i was kind of bummed about that for sure but um I, I want to ask about uh, uh, to Amy and uh, let me see I'm sorry Tiara okay Tiara and Amy um, you guys have been talking about your platform and how you're trying to reach different types of language learners and I, I know you both mentioned a little bit about your different experiences getting to uh, you know where you are today I was wondering if you both could speak a little bit about like how those different experiences kind of shape the apps or platforms that you guys have guys have made into what they are today if that makes sense that's amazing uh so i'll let amy talk about hers first because she's kind of she kind of added me onto her team if you will but i do have my own platform but i'm really excited about hers too i would absorb all of you into my project if i had enough money I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like, Henry, if you want to, like, just start making YouTube videos about just, like, the different languages and, and, and just, or, like, just do the same video in different languages about whatever is interesting to you because I'll watch it and I'll want you to put it on my platform. So. Thank you. No, that's a, just real quick, side tangent. Um, today I was working on building, like, the little um, image for a podcast I'm starting on. I. Um, I talk to you, so hey, listen, we will be in touch, like, I'm here for it, absolutely. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your story, Amy, go okay. for it. So, like, do you want, like, the whole story, or, like... <laughs> Start from when you were born. When yeah, I was born, okay. When your parents had a so, fire in their eyes. I don't, like, so, literally... There was a Japanese teacher, and I was very excited to learn from this Japanese teacher. But this Japanese teacher died when I was in eighth grade, so they all of a sudden oh didn't have any Japanese teacher for high school. So they kept the Japanese program. Like, you could go to Japan for $500 if you applied, but you had to take ja uh, Spanish for three years. So I did that. But then in my third year of Spanish, the Japanese bird flu happened and they canceled the trip so i was like i'm going to college i'm going to learn japanese i'm going to live in japan except uh three years into my japanese study i was like i don't i know nothing about uh china so i took one year of chinese i fell in love wound up working in china but like there's not enough support for japanese and chinese and asian asian languages and I just got so angry with it. And after living in China for three years, it just, it felt like I was either going to be an English teacher for the rest of my life, or I needed to figure out what I wanted to do with, like, have a, a real career. It's like, there's nothing wrong with being an English teacher. I just, like, uh, you don't make enough money to make, it. it's not a choice after a while. Like, you have to either continue doing it or, you know, do something else. So... I wanted to make a language learning platform and it's taken me this long. Like, I went back, I got my master's degree in management information systems. I was a database engineer. I wound up being a Ruby on Rails, which is more full stack. I 
did some front end stuff. Now I'm like firmly in the front end. Um, but I've had many years to like, to, to just philosophically go through like, what do I want this platform to look like? What do I want the interactions to be like? What do I want the community to be like? And so I'm at the point now where my skills are good enough that I can just do it bootstrapped, which um, is, I mean, I'm by myself, so it's a little bit slow, but I'm building in public, so I'm ho hopefully people will enjoy the journey, and by the time it's something good, I'll have users, and then we can do some of the crazy stuff that I want to do. Um, right now, with Glot Squad, there's one activity, and that activity is, if you're on your desktop, you can um, give it some sort of a resource, like a newspaper article or a blog, and then you can highlight the words that you know, you don't know, or might know. And the words, uh, they populate at the bottom of the screen, and then you can click on the words, and it gives you pictures instead of the definition. And for, for words and phrases, and it helps you not switch between your native tongue and your target language. So it helps keep you in the zone, but also helps break up like when you're learning, like when you're doing your sentence in their paragraphs. Like to me, like, so I read in an uh, article one time that if you don't understand 80% of what you're reading, it's too difficult. Like you can't understand it and then you give up. However, most of the stuff that's easy enough for me to read it's been like infant infantilized. Basically, like, I'm not a little kid. I don't want to just read fairy tales. I don't want to read, like, like I'm, I'm okay with fairy tales. I like them and everything, but, like, I want to read realistic things. I want to read, like, a Twitter, a tweet. So, to me, like, that, like, being able to translate a 250-word tweet and like kind of know what's going on because of the pictures and being able to like mostly understand what's going on that's more valuable to me than um most of the other stuff so I have other activities planned things for to help with listening and speaking I just have two jobs in a side project so <laughs> bear with me but we will get there and I'm really excited um one of the things like Tiara's uh, yeah, Tiara's been helping me with um, using spaces to get more of a community going. Um, so we're on YouTube, and we're, we started a podcast, it, like the same content. This this space is the content. So um, hopefully there, and starting like a blog this week. So we're going to try all the things to spread everything everywhere. That is a lot of French, because I heard a lot of we, and you're doing a lot of stuff <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, for me, I come here, I talk, and somehow she loves me enough to continue having me on her platforms, which is amazing. No, we are working together, but I just want to acknowledge she's been doing a lot of work. I'm always grateful for it. Um, my story is kind of interesting, kind of long. Uh, it started in New Jersey, USA, and I was in a bilingual town, so a lot of people spoke Spanish and English in my area, and I mean, I could have chosen to not 
study Spanish as hard as I did when I was young. But I really, I feel like it came from being competitive with Spanish because you could go down to the bodega or even there were a lot of supermarkets like Bravo or some other places where a lot of them were Spanish owners and they spoke uh, Mexican and Puerto Rican Spanish in my area specifically. So going to school and like starting the Spanish classes in third grade, I was one of those, I'm following the Spanish teacher after school. I joined every club. I asked questions before and after our classes. I was the teacher's pet for Spanish because I knew like in lunchtime or when I want to go down and order stuff, I want to be able to speak in that language instead of just English. As a little kid, I was like, English is boring. I already know it, but let's move on kind of vibe. <laughs> so it was cool to see some of my hard work pay off. And I stayed in that hometown up until my junior year of high school. So during that time, I really liked talking with people who spoke a different language, or there were some exchange students or international students that came to my middle school, and they spoke different languages, and I tried to understand them. So I briefly learned a little bit of the language spoken in Ethiopia, because in my high school, there was a student from that came from Ethiopia and just didn't speak much English. And uh, it's the sad truth, but a lot of students, if they don't have something familiar with that student, they just tend to go away. But for me, it was my addiction. I was like, this is perfect. You're different from me. That means I have a lot to learn from you and vice versa. We became best friends and I learned how to write it and I learned how to read it. And I gave up on it because she moved and I moved and we didn't talk after that time. She was my only friend from Ethiopia. But I realized a pattern because I moved to a different area. I couldn't use my Spanish as much, which Henry, I would love to just talk with you regularly to build up my skills again. But either way, um, I moved and the first day there was this friend, really incredible, really kind, really loud, she was fun. And during lunchtime, she sat in a table filled with Haitian students. So I'm sitting in a Haitian table, and what do they speak? Creole. How amazing for someone who didn't study Creole. So every day that year, I had to learn Creole, because otherwise, I'm in the same situation as elementary school. And that's no fun, and I'm competitive, right? So I took on that challenge. Absolutely no one said that I had to learn it, but here we are. I mentioned Latin and ancient Greek, so I have to go back a bit. In high school, I went to a Catholic high school before I moved. So the reason why I moved was because the Catholic school shut down before I could graduate. And in that school, we had religion class. And in the religion class, there was a poster or two posters, one with Latin and one with ancient Greek for scripts from the Bible. And I was really interested in the Bible. I still am. And I'm interested in it, one, because I am a Christian, but not as strict as some people, I would say spiritual Christian, but also a lot of the stories were translated from these two languages in Arabic and a little bit of Hebrew, not a little bit, but I was really interested in ancient languages, especially how they looked. I thought it was cool. They're kind of the birth of languages, if you will, but I decided to study them in high school as independent study. And my senior year, they were like, no, those don't count great so I studied Spanish again and then in college I had a love-hate relationship with Spanish so I studied Italian and Latin and ancient Greek all three of them and I studied abroad in Italy and that was really great for all three of the languages I studied and again I talked a bit about the linguistics courses that I took it was so close to being my major I mention it every week to Amy because of how upset I am 
because I really love linguistics as a field. And I was two classes away, but my senior year of college, they didn't offer the courses that I needed to turn it to my major. And I was trying to double major, so I had to turn linguistics to a minor. Otherwise, I would pay an extra year's worth of tuition to have these two classes <laughs> to make it a double major. So that's my experience with languages. But even as I say that story, there are so many other languages I learned just passing time. I was a resident assistant in school, so I had an international student from Japan, really loved Japanese culture anyway, and so it was cool to be able to have conversational fluency in Japanese during that year. It was really fun, and then I still talk to him too, but not in Japanese anymore because I'm in Korea, and I'm studying Korean, and I've been studying Korean for three years, and it is by far the hardest language for me to learn somehow. So last year I had reached the top of my frustration. I've hit a, a plateau or this mark where I can't get past this level of speaking. Some people say I speak really well. Some situations I feel like a fish out of water and I don't understand anything. And so I made a workbook for myself for being able to practice stuff because I'm the kind of learner that like, I'm the learner for other languages where I use resources or books or I pay for certain things and it's easier for me. But for Korean, it just wasn't working out that way. I was feeling stupid. I spent at least $300 on books or programs and I never finished them or I just felt like I wasn't good enough for them and then they never helped me get past this level. So I made a workbook for myself. For practicing because that's where I needed it most. I don't need to translate Tom ate an apple yesterday. I need to figure out how to say I want an apple tomorrow kind of vibe. So the workbook is so true. So the workbook was for me but I realized I'm not the only one that could use this workbook. So I have the workbook on my website and again I mentioned it a little bit in the beginning but my page is called Speak in Spades. So the website is Speak in Spades, I have a Twitter for Speak in Spades, and I'm basically a language cheerleader. I like saying language cheerleader more than coach because I really do want other people to reach their language goals. And so for my website, I have resources, like a bunch of resources. I started this journey in November because I realized I have a direction for how I want to create a platform. So ever since the beginning of last year until November, I was just sitting on this workbook and I was like, all right, well, it's there, but I don't know who needs it and when and why. But I figured out my why in November and started. And now the website looks extra cute. I have characters, there's a theme, it's great. You can take quizzes to figure out your language learning style. And this is the core of everything on the website. Basically, everyone can learn a language and it's not just about your like resources that everyone knows like Duolingo or Babbel or Rosetta Stone but you if you know a little bit more about yourself it's a bit easier for you to incorporate language learning into your lifestyle a lot of people try to separate language learning from their other hobbies but you can use your hobbies to study your language or just in general there's so many ways that language learning is a way to like build on the things that you already love doing or the things that you're already interested in. So the learning style theme or concept is that you have a way to learn languages. You just have to find it by be looking into yourself a bit more and what works for you. If you've studied languages in the past, 
how do you figure out what you liked and what you didn't like and what you would like to try for this language? Or, you know, people think that it's separate from the way that you work in school or work in your job, and it's not. If you're not a scheduled person, then why are you doing something every day? Or if you're a person that needs structure, then why are you like doing freeform stuff that's freaking you out and now you never reach your language goals? So I created four learning styles and each of the learning styles represents one of the suits in a deck of playing cards. So you have the club, the heart, the diamond, and the spade. And you take the quiz and then it's really cute because you could be like, I'm a club or I'm a heart or I'm a diamond. And you learn about that learning style from my experience as an education major sort of in college i took it from the teaching methods and teaching approaches and connected them to what i think learners engage with from those teaching styles and turned them into personalities and there's resources there's blogs i have a language boot camp for people who just need an extra push the money goes towards the t-shirt and other resources you get for completing the challenge within a month and i'm working on a deck of playing cards that connects to 90 language challenges and it's incredible like i i'm working on it now and again it just takes a community and a lot of talking through what people want to see in resources for language learning i feel like the field has kind of gotten a little boring because people are always talking about the same big five resources but there's so many more out there and there's so many more creative ways to incorporate language learning in what you do. So it's a lot. It's my Both the story for my life and the story for the website are long. And even if you look on the website itself, the wording is a bit overwhelming, but I tried to make it pretty with characters and a lot of colors. Red and pink are my least favorite colors, but they work so well on the website that I don't mind looking at them every day if it means other people will benefit from them. <sighs> So, yes, that's a lot. That was amazing. I just wanted to add that um, the space that we're doing tomorrow is experimental, and we're going to be posting about coffee. coffee, Sorry. Um, Basically, it's like a donation site where people can buy you a coffee. So we're hope I'm hoping that people will find value in that. And basically, you can do group tutoring through Twitter spaces, which... Hopefully, Henry, you find that to be interesting. Like, you could probably do a Spanish-speaking space, have it... I don't know if you have enough followers to make it a ticketed space, but you can always... um, There's, like, the tip jar. I'm I'm not... I just haven't looked... Do you have enough... Okay, you're not not there yet. I'm sorry. I I was just, like, (laughs) so so funny, but no, you're completely fine, like... (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that that sounded more dismissive than it was. <laughs> Just I haven't looked at your profile, but but no, I have. But um, basically, you can you can activate the tip jar, and um, you can just like, I'm curious how people because spaces are free unless they're ticketed, and I've never joined a ticketed space because I've never wanted to know anything from a ticketed space, that. Like, people yeah. are saying things One for free. Thing, Oase has something to say. I think he had yeah. his hand raised. Hello? Uh, hello? <laughs> yeah, you can speak if you wanted to. So, I had the conversation and it was really motivational. 
experience of your life and the idea behind of these platforms so basically um, as a language story um my mother's song is punjabi so in our national language so we speak urdu and uh, our courses are also in urdu and english so when i'm 2 years old i moved to saudi arabia where where we speak arabic so i have a mixed touch of uh, arabic punjabi urdu and some english so that uh, these things really interesting to hear that you you are really working hard and prove yourself so i'm just a beginner hope so i will do well and learn more and i mean i have uh, some questions up about your prism as you said that when someone translate something uh, a sentence or a tweet a tweet into another language it can work in a picture so how the pictures uh, let's elaborate the meaning of the tweet or a text can you explain okay so basically when you highlight the word it goes the the or the phrase it goes to uh, the bottom section and then when you click on that it um cr- it searches an api and it comes back with a relevant picture at uh, three relevant pictures because um if, if you have like 3 to 10 pictures then you can look at the different pictures and be like okay well that's what that means I I got it what you said earlier also but my question is that how a person can understand this picture means that Oh so um have you ever heard of Rosetta stone Uh Rosetta stone for language learning No I never been on a stone Okay, so the Rosetta Stone language learning app, it has this theory that people actually learn better when you like when you're exposed to a word with an image instead of with a definition. Like your brain remembers it better and you begin to associate the word with an image. so it's a faster recall. So my big thing with Rosetta Stone is they always use the same picture to mean the same word. And when you look at a picture, it's usually like there's more than one thing going on in a picture. So I find it interesting. Like you can I I've done this with with Glot Squad with the journal tracking app where um I'll like all things cuz i usually do chinese so it's harder to figure out if something's a phrase or not so like i'll know what one word means and i'll know what the second word means and then i will look at them both together and a different picture will come up and i'll like be like oh well that means endangered animals so like it's actually really cool how you can like not know what something is and then all of a sudden you see a picture and you're like 
Right, that's what that is. Like, literally, I have a, a YouTube video on my uh, homepage of my thing where, like, one of the words is, like, bug, and the other one is rare, and then they're all together, and I'm like, it's a picture of, like, a panda, a tiger, and then just, like, an endangered species list. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's what that means. Okay, okay. Thank you for explaining. And thank you a lot. Yeah, I think that it's cool because Rosetta Stone, I used it for Japanese. Like my parents, they thought they were doing the best thing in the world. So they gave me a Japanese Rosetta Stone when I was in high school. And I, all of the words and phrases were connected to pictures at that time. And I didn't understand what I knew and what I didn't know for the same reason that Amy mentioned, because they would use the exact same picture for each word. So on the one hand, it's good because in the beginning, you could get the base level of some meanings of words and phrases. But then over time, when you're building longer sentences or when you see it in another context and you're using the exact same picture, it could be confusing because the meaning is different now or sometimes you think you understand it one way but then it doesn't uh it doesn't translate in other ways i don't know how to say i like her resource because when i used it it was useful for getting the feeling of words with more than one picture so there was a word for food and instead of just showing me a word that said food in english or instead of showing me like a menu it actually showed me six different pictures of different types of food. So it had like fruit, vegetable, drink, all of these things. And it gave me a sense of this is the general word for food. So I really like that. And I like the way that um, her, uh, so far the one exercise for journaling is really good for figuring out what words you know, what words you need to work on and what words you have no clue on that you can try and search later if you are a person that needs to see translation from one language to another, you could look it up on your own, but it won't exactly show on the, the source. So it'll just separate the list of words that you know, don't know, and are familiar with, but it won't give you those translations at the bottom. So it kind of keeps this sense of everything on this page is in the language I'm learning kind of vibe. So I like it. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot for explaining everything. Yeah, no problem. And so I think one thing to, I don't know if you're able to do that same thing, Amy, because for me, I'm still trying to figure out how you work magic and pin tweets to a group chat. But anyway, I am just really glad that both of you were interested in our uh, content. And so if you're able to take a look at them, or if you feel like not today, but another day, if you want to, again, definitely, Henry, I'll be looking out for your stuff too, since I know that you're also a creator and I can't wait to see what you do. And uh, again, it is hard to break into, okay, you have something that you love. How do you turn it into something that you love and can live off of? And it is a scary process because I'm going through that myself. I've been here for three years, but this year I'm planning on going back home and possibly moving to another state too, because my family moved uh, during this time that I've been away to a different state. So I don't know which state I'm going to. And on top of that, all of my experiences 
are related to teaching English. And exactly like Amy said, it's like you have a choice. You can either continue being an English teacher or you can go into a new field and basically you have to start over or you have to figure out a way to turn your passion into something that can sustain you. Like, on the one hand, it would always be nice to be rich off of stuff, but I also want to make sure that these are the things that I want to do and can give my best effort and energy and give the best products for. So I'm really excited to see what you do. And even for everything that you do too, Elise, and this very new listener, like, I just, I want the best for everyone. And I hope that you're able to turn your passions into something that you can use to the best of your abilities and the knowledge you have with multiple languages oh the places you can go it's amazing so i'm grateful yeah yes oh my goodness not you hyping us up i'm like here being motivated oh my goodness um thank you for saying all of that and thank you guys for sharing your stories of course um that's one thing i love so much about the language learning community and um you know linguistics community we all have such like such global stories and it seems like a lot of us find our home in a lot of different places um not just where we live or where we're moving to or where we might teach but also you know oh this this culture caught my interest and my friend speaks this language why don't i speak this language or how can i learn this language or you know well why is it so hard to learn that language uh, like what what's different from mine like I just think that's such a cool thing um to think about so thank you guys for sharing those stories that I, I you know love listening to it um I think I wanted to jump in about something else a second ago but I think I might might have gotten distracted so I might have to come back with what I wanted to say but yeah uh thank you guys for sharing your stories real quick while I remember could we revisit about how to use the um, coffee, what was it, coffee tip website? Like, how, how does that work? Okay, yes. I actually had another tip for you, Henry. I'm just very excited for you. What can I say? Um, so if you're interested in UI and UX, I would recommend you learn Figma. And if you need help with spellings and stuff, just DM me, and I will definitely lead you yeah. on the right path my my main account is uh in my my profile but that one's my tech and business account so um learn figma learn bubble and you'll be fine um but twitter has a tip jar and i learned actually how to do it today and i was going to tell tiara because um it involves things that i don't have on my on like I don't have like a bitcoin wallet (laughs) like there's like seven different things that you can hook it up to and like four of them at least are are cryptocurrency so but I think one of them's cash app but like it's in your profile everybody can can add a tip jar if you hook it up but um it's kofi.com and it's basically it's like a they don't take any commissions off of what you're doing. So if someone gives you a dollar, you get a dollar. So um, it's just, it's kind of like Patreon with no strings attached. Oops, sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Okay, <laughs> um, you were saying, yeah, okay, no commissions. 
but were you saying that it is with cryptocurrency that you're receiving it or it's something else? Sorry, I'm very, very confusing. So with the Twitter chip tip jar, basically you can go onto your profile right now and edit your profile and there's a tip jar section. And if you turn that on, you'll see the different choices that you have. And that has like, here, let me, let me go there because I, I just looked at it very briefly. Um, so it's, you go all the way to the bottom, it says tips and mine are off and it has, um, you can use Strike, Bandcamp, Bitcoin address, Cash App, GoFundMe, Patreon, or Venmo. And I have none of those things, which is very sad. (laughs) But I will before next Tuesday morning. (laughs) So, but so that's through Twitter. So it'll, when you have it set up, it will be on your Twitter that people can just tip you. I don't know how much Twitter takes um, from, like if they give you a dollar, you might get 80 cents. I'm not sure. Um, but with coffee, it's, it's, pr- and it's pronounced coffee, but it's spelled, I think it might have a dash in it. Let me, let me check. K-O, yeah, ko-fi.com. And it, it's basically just another way to get tips. So as you can see, I'm learning from Amy, and this is the reason why I'm here every week, understanding. I still don't understand why she loves me, so to keep me here, she doesn't need me. (laughs) I'm just entertainment. You're enthusiastic. No one showed up for 20 minutes. I would have been very nervous (laughs) by myself. You keep me company, and you're very good at um, keeping me on task, and you're my accountability buddy. You know, like how they say, like diets are better when you have a buddy. You're my like li- language I'm partner. I'm buddy. Li- so yeah, language, <laughs> language, linguistics business buddy. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am your buddy too. You're my buddy. We're buddies. Thank you for joining us as we continue our buddyship. That's what today was—a strengthening our buddyship. <laughs> Oh, but no, seriously, it's been a wonderful time talking with y'all. If you have any more questions, we're ready for it. I mean, again, this is something that we try to do every week around this time. And now, like today in my time, but in the morning, y'all's time, I'm guessing, would be the first time that we're doing uh, English talk, which again, for the English talk, Amy, we might have to like be a little bit more clear when we speak. Because here we're kind of speaking, you know, normal things. Like, you know, of course we're not going to make the language, like, less natural. But at the same time, right now I'm just using my not-teacher voice. So we might have to tap into our foreign-language teacher voice to make ourselves more clear. And if people have questions about what we've said, like, I say certain things like fish out of water or these kinds of things. We might have to explain them or just take note of them if we want to explain them. I'm thinking, but either way, we're here every week for this time with a different topic, and the topic can change. I noticed that Amy changed the title of this talk at least 15 times during our talk, which is great. I'm not that skilled to do things that fast. Last time, it definitely didn't just say linguistics, but you changed it enough where I don't remember what it was before, so this is good advertising. 
Um, <laughs> please come over. You're more than welcome to join every week or whenever you have time. Tell your friends about it, or if there's good experiences, you can leave a comment to kind of keep our reviews going because we just like creating these comfortable spaces to talk about anything. And again, you can see it in my post. I'm truly just a language cheerleader, and I'm just glad that y'all like talking with us. So I'm amazed every week because it's like, oh, people came. That's amazing. That means they are interested in what we have to say. Be interesting. <laughs> but I'm grateful. So thank you. That's my that's my closing remark. Check us out. And yeah, I have nothing but the best for everything you do in the future. And I'm just glad that y'all chose to spend an hour with us. So thank you. Yeah, and if you have any requests for next week on what we should talk about, we are definitely 100% open. I'm excited. Uh, go ahead, always, go ahead. Uh, you both just did, and I just love how you explain things. And I wish, I mean, you got a Ethereum tip. Then, can Ethereum tip for your next uh, phase? That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 100%. Um, no, I'm... You guys were saying, like, okay, I'm surprised people show up every week. Like, I need to share this with everybody, honestly. Like, I am that person who is so annoying with my friends about, like, language learning and everything, and I'm just so happy to find people who are, like, equally as passionate about it. So definitely, like, count me in for the other meetings. I'm excited for the English learning space, for sure. Um... I don't know, just thank you for holding space for us today. Thank you guys. It means the world. It's truly just, that's our purpose when we started this. I hunted Amy down and we were just like, she had this idea of meeting every week and we're just surprised every week with the conversations we have and the communities we're able to build. It's just really nice to see you every week. So please keep coming, that's the goal. And we'll probably, have a record of this by the end of the year like how consistent we've been to do this every week <laughs> amy has been my accountability partner so i'm looking forward to seeing how much we grow this year so thank you so much and yeah see you next time see you soon if you're coming for the morning one or see you next week and you can message private message me i'm going to accept the follows so this way if y'all private message me with any ideas of what you want for next week or you can tag or anything, then that's one way to do it. Same goes for Amy. And yeah, let's just keep promoting each other, just keep lifting each other up in these times, especially with the virus, you know? So thank you. Yeah, sorry, I keep being like, okay, let's end this phase, except I'm the only one that can, you know, actually end this phase. So <laughs> everyone, have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow bright and early. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.